0: Well, welcome everybody. I'm so glad to see everybody. I'm Georgia Neekin. I'm one of the spiritual practitioners here at CSL White Rock and I'm delighted to be here today. I don't know if you notice my colors. This is blue and yellow and there are sunflowers behind me. (laughs) Just a little reference. Um, I'm so happy today that we have the very talented Michelle Briggs. Yay, Michelle Briggs is in the house and Michelle has a love and a joy for the healing power of music and always not that isn't that so true? And it's led her to become a soloist in many choirs in Vancouver. And she also sang in a Norwegian choir for over 12 years. She's a song leader and a soloist at CSL Vancouver for many years. And she performed with the choirs in the World Kindness Concerts that was cast in the, in the chorus in a production called As the Nun in the Chorus of the Sound of Music. Way to go, let her rip, Michelle.
1: Hi everybody, thanks for being here. Okay, I'm going to start off by singing Put a Little Love in Your Heart uh, because I think we could all use some more of that right now. And um, please sing along with me. Think of your fellow man, lend him a helping hand Put a little love in your heart. You see it's getting late. Oh, please don't hesitate. Put a little love in your heart. And the world will be a better place. And the world will be a better place for you and me. You just wait. the day goes by, and still the children cry, put a little love in your heart. If you want the world to know, we won't let hatred grow, put a little love in your heart. And the world will be a better place, and the world will be a better place for you. You just wait wait. and see, wait and see. Take a good look around, and if you're looking down, put a little love in your heart. I hope when you decide, kindness will be your guide. Put a little love in your heart. and the world (laughs)
0: <laughs> Thank you, Michelle, for your wonderful performance. Michelle, please put your contact info in the chat if you want to connect with your so we can connect with your beautiful music. So if you're a first timer here, welcome. And um, we're so glad you could join us today. And we have a chat space in the bottom. If you Look down at the bottom of your screen. You might see something that says chat and you can open that and you can enter, um, you know, questions or things you want to say about what's going on today and uh, we'll also share information. As we begin our gathering today as settlers of this land, we're honored to live and operate on the traditional ancestral and unceded territory of the Coast Salish people. We thank the First Peoples who continue to live on these lands and care for them along with the waters and all that is above and below. At CSL White Rock, we're an inclusive spiritual community and, and learning center. We teach spiritual principles and offer tools to use in all areas of our lives on a regular and consistent basis. When we live by principle, life flows easier, choices are clearer, and seeming miracles are everyday occurrences. There is wonder in everything, every day, just waiting for us to live. So let's start today. It's my pleasure to welcome back our fabulous guest speaker today, Reverend Savannah Noel. Savannah started her spiritual path at the tender age of 16 and continued to be a dynamic minister. She served as a staff minister in spiritual communities since 2014. She continues to lead retreats, teach, and speak in communities throughout the U.S. and the world. Her passion and work in global ministry have nourished her soul, and Rev Savannah shares her wisdom and knowledge on social media. To find out what else she's up to... Follow her on Facebook and Instagram pages. Savannah resides currently in Seattle, Washington. Please join me in welcoming the wonderful Reverend Savannah Noel.
2: (laughs) Hello, everyone. Good morning. Thank you so much uh, for having me back here this morning. And thank you, Michelle, for that beautiful song. It's uh, the perfect segue into my talk of stillness and peace And today I want to talk about uh, the brave path. So I don't know about all of you, but this uh, time, I guess we could say, and I feel like I say this in every single talk, (laughs) but the last few weeks have kind of been a whirlwind uh, for many of us in terms of what's going on in the world in a really powerful way. And we are being asked yet again, Uh, To not focus on the world of effect when it is affecting us, but to come back to what Michelle was singing about, to that still, calm place within us that guides and directs and uplifts and comforts us. Many of you may or may not know this, but I spent a span of 10 years teaching and living in the country of Ukraine. And I visited there six, probably it was six or seven times working at our Science Mind Center there. And I remember being there during their 2008 and their 2014 revolutions. So what is happening there right now is very personal to me, uh, and it touches my heart very deeply. And over the last few weeks, as you can imagine, I have been receiving some of the hardest, most painful messages, photos, videos, uh, directly from many of my friends there, as well as within our Science of Mind community. And I think that what makes the situation challenging from the lens of speaking to it from this context of spiritual principle and prayers, and although it is extremely personal to me, it's like a second home, and I'm going to be highlighting it today in my talk, I am very well aware of the news uh, coverage and this uh, current world event is very Eurocentric. It's something I wanna call our attention to as uh, people who embrace diversity in all walks of life, equity. To think about this uh, in terms of it being Eurocentric, while we don't wish anybody to suffer or to be part of war, I also think about the other wars that are happening in the world all the time that rarely, if ever, get mentioned. So I wanna just say them aloud. Places like Algeria, Burkina Faso, Cameroon, Chad, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Iraq, which also has political unrest there, Libya with a civil war there, Mali, Mozambique, Niger, Nigeria, Tanzania, Tunisia, Colombia, Myanmar, Yemen, Afghanistan, Syria, from civil to terrorist insurgency to drug wars. This is happening in the world. And it's really had me really look at why do we give more merit or pay more attention to one or the other? It's just something to consider, something that I'm paying more attention to. And from a spiritual perspective, this is the big work to think about if God is everywhere and it is within all people, can I also see it in dictators? Can I see it in Putin? Can I pray for him? Because something within him lives in me. So I ask myself the question when have I been a Putin in my own life? Where have We shown up from a a space and a place of separation or dominion or power seeking or bullying to get our needs met, to get uh, a a way up. Where have we done this to ourselves? It's just something that I'm pondering. One of the most uh, inspirational stories that I have from my time in Ukraine that I wanna share with you today is about bravery. And of course, there are many stories about bravery. But this one is about love despite war. It is about holding that vision for peace despite war. So it was 2014. And I had been asked to lead a peace conference there. And Reverend Barbara Lajay, who is the minister of our community there, I've worked with her for many, many years. And she called me and said, Savannah, I have an emergency. I really need you to lead this conference in ukraine i can't be there and i said well how soon do you need me there and she said four days (laughs) i'm like wow no easy task here barbara um i said well you do know that there's a revolution going on there right now right and a malaysian airliner was just shot down in eastern ukraine she says yes i know but we're going to be at a you know you're going to be at a, a sanatorium area where there's a retreat in the woods it's beautiful You should be fine. You know the culture and the language. So I thought, well, here I am again, um, called to do something greater than me. And of course I was afraid. Of course I didn't know what to expect on the ground there, but I said, yes. And I had visited there so many other times before that, that I knew that my translators, the people there would uh, usher me and take care of, of, you know, the coordination of all of it, but I truly did not know what I was in store for. So I'm on the plane, and I've gotten myself to Switzerland, and I'm flying from Switzerland into Kiev, Ukraine, and the plane is completely empty. There are very few people going into Ukraine, only nationals you know, of the country, and I just remember having this moment of panic of oh my gosh, what am I doing? I'm all the way here. I don't know if there's military on the ground. What is going to happen? Was this a good decision? And then all of those years of training came back to me of the prayer, the affirmations, the treatments, the mantras, all of it that we know to use, which for me, all I could remember in that moment was there is only one life, that life is God's life that life is perfect, that life is my life now. And I kept saying it over and over again. I got to the airport, I got to my destination. It was peaceful, it was calm, it was beautiful. And on one of the the nights there, I did this exercise with their community that I have been doing there over the last 15 years. And you have to know that when I first went over to Ukraine in 2004, I was working with some young revolutionaries there who were part of our Science Mind community and they were all young adults. And they definitely knew more than me in the, in, the, in the ways of the world. And I had to have been maybe 20 years old. And I was asked to go there and to teach them spiritual principles, but also to guide them into these exercises that I had learned at our teen camps. And so I guided them through this process called AB Love that we do with our teens at their church camp. And basically the process looks like this. You've got two groups of people. One is in the center and you make a circle. The other group makes a circle around and you play some music in the background and the the group in the center closes their eyes and their job is simply to receive love and affirmation. And the job of the people on the outside of the circle who is creating the circle is to come in and to give them, shower them with words of affirmation, maybe hugs, uh, maybe um, just some some words of support and encouragement. And this process is something that I, as a teenager, grew up with within this teaching, and it completely transformed my life and the lives of so many young people. And the reason, I believe, is because touch, affirmation, so many of us don't get that when we're growing up, right? You know, people, our parents do the best they can, but what I would notice is that these teenagers were just craving this unconditional love from their peers. And so I brought this to these young adults 15 years ago. And I remember one gentleman there who happened to be my translator and dearest friend now, he came up to me and said, this, this process will never work. This is the dumbest thing ever in this country. We do not touch each other. We do not have close proximity like this. You're expecting us to do something that it, it, it's a cultural nuance that we just don't Uh, You know, accept or abide by. And I said to him, Vitalik, please just open your heart, just allow yourself to experience this process. So he did. And of course, by the end of it, everyone was sobbing and everyone was crying. And he came up to me later and said, This has truly transformed my life. I believe that unconditional love is totally possible. I've never experienced anything like this. So fast forward all these years later, And they have adopted this into their community where in the outside of the science of mind community, they probably would never do this. Right. But they've adopted it into their normal uh, every conference routine. And so here I am in 2014 at this conference site, I'm outside the sun is setting. We've got candles lit all around the ground and I'm, I'm ushering and leading them through this process. And right in the middle of it, I notice out of the corner of my eye, a group of, of people just walking towards me. And I'm thinking, uh-oh, what am I going to do? This is a public event. Do I ask them to join us? What do I do? They might think this is taboo or weird. And there were these little ones, probably three, four, five years old. And, you know, little children model what they see and what they what is it before them. So these little kids walk into the space and without any prompting from me, they did exactly what they saw. So they closed their eyes, they put their hands down by their side and they, they took part of the process. And what I, what I found out later was that these were people who had been displaced. These, these were refugees from Eastern Ukraine who needed a place to go And so it was such a beautiful experience and demonstration of the power of unconditional love in the midst of turmoil, them having to be so brave, I got to hear their stories. And it was a, a very rich and powerful experience for me in terms of facing my own fears, right? This is the love and the peace that we want to hold. We see how resilient people are and it's a really beautiful example and model of the resilience that we all have within us. It is brave. It is courageous. Uh, it takes tenacity and grit. It takes will. It takes for us watching what's going on there, this inner resolve and a strong consciousness of conviction of our faith in the miraculous. So that is what is ultimate right now. I could talk to you today about how we either operate from fear or love, which is always a good way to look at the challenges that we face. But for weeks now, I've been processing and texting multiple friends of mine in Ukraine who are terrified of their, you know, losing their homes, of having to, you know, I'm having to translate from Russian to English in real time. They can't tell me their exact locations, uh, but to know that they are safe, every day is different. I think about the toll that it takes on them Uh, And us on our nervous system, you know, one of my friends said to me, it is very difficult to watch online how every day our cities are destroyed and how more and more civilians die. He said, every morning our phone call uh, begins to our parents. You hear beeps and then a voice. And then you thank everything in the world for the fact that a shell did not hit their house that night. There are friends who have asked me to buy them plane tickets so they can leave the country. You know, people who have left with nothing, trying to flee, bunkered down in their bomb shelters. And every day is a new day. Every day I ask them, how are you? And they say, the sirens, the sirens, the sirens are on again. I have to go. So it's back and forth to the shelter and then coming, you know, up and then back down. You know, I've been to at least two revolution-torn countries but I never thought that it would be so personal. I could talk to you today about how fear comes from ego, from false beliefs, from the thinking that, uh, you know, thinking that is not aligned. But when you receive a text such as this across the world where people have been separated because they have to be available for war, and they're saying, I say to them, so are you going to go fight? And they say, yeah, if I have to. I wonder, how do I tell them Do not be afraid. How do I say to them, it's just in your mind, change your thinking, change your life, when their mere survival is at stake? It is one of those age-old questions of how do we make sense of this And not be insensitive to the conditions of the world and at the same time know that we are still spiritual beings having this human incarnation to continue to know and trust that everything is unfolding according to a divine plan it would be insensitive for me to say that to them but i can hold it so i do not say that we must rid ourselves of fear rather we must learn to work with it and to engage our fear differently. So our focus must move to love, to trust, to the world and the peace that we wish to see. That is the power that we have watching this unfold. That is the power that we have over the conditions of our own lives. So my focus with them has been more about teaching uh, nervous system regulation because it's so traumatic and staying calm in the midst of all of the trauma of doing what i can in my own consciousness to be a vessel in a space of that unconditional love so they know that i'm here that i'm present to me that is a that is bravery being able to hold space for another sometimes though admittedly i don't want to be brave I don't want to be courageous. I just want to go back to bed sometimes and crawl under the covers and be a kid again. I don't want the responsibility or the expectations or the worries or the fears of the future of what's going to happen. People say that bravery is feeling the fear and doing it anyway. I think it is that. But I also think that sometimes it is a courageous and a quiet path. Glennon Doyle, in her book, Untamed, says that bravery means living from the inside out. Brave means in every uncertain moment, turning inward. It is feeling for the knowing and speaking it out loud. It is being true to yourself. It is trusting your own voice and the voice of the crowd of others. Brave is not asking the crowd what is brave. Brave is deciding for oneself. I recently asked a group of my friends, uh, in preparation for this uh, talk, what they felt was a brave act. And here's what they said. Asking for more money at a workplace is brave. Ending a relationship. Moving for a relationship across the world, which I did, that's brave. Moving for a job, a health challenge, Going through death or of a loved one or a huge loss. Having a hard conversation is brave. Taking your child to school for their first day of kindergarten, a tough parenting moment. Walking beside a loved one who's in the middle of their transition is brave. Doing a new thing that scares you. Watching your child go through tremendous pain or hardship is brave living through a war in your country that is being bombed and torn apart is brave. There is this saying out there that we must be kind for everyone is fighting a battle you know nothing about. And this knowing reminds me to be compassionate and to come together as a community because community helps us remember how loved and how supported we are. To remember that we are resilient people Throughout the centuries, we have read about and witnessed bravery in insurmountable situations. For me, bravery means being loyal to myself. It means continuing the practice of tuning out the world and tuning into my spirit. It is launching forward anyway. When the naysayers and the fearmongers tell you otherwise, it is trusting yourself. Do you really, really trust yourself? It is standing in the midst of chaos and turmoil and the storm and finding that inner calm of peace, that silence that exists in the middle of that tornado. One of my most favorite stories of bravery is about Joan of Arc. I have to talk about Joan of Arc. If you don't know the story, I'm going to tell you. So she was a peaceful um, peasant girl living in medieval France at, at the age of 13, and she began hearing voices. And she felt that these voices were messages sent by God to give her a mission of great importance. Her job was to save France by getting rid of its enemies and then putting Charles uh, as the rightful king. She had no military training, but she convinced Prince Charles to allow her to lead a French army to the city of Orleans where she defeated the English. She took a vow of chastity at the age of 16 after her father tried to arrange a marriage for her. She convinced the courts that she did not want and should not accept the match. And then in May of 1428, she made her way to the city of Vancouver and attracted a small band of followers who believed her claims to be a virgin um, who were destined to save France were legit, right? She, so a local magistrate, his name was Robert uh, de Bandecourt, had initially rejected this. Then he came back and relented and she chopped all of her hair off, <laughs> dressed in men's clothing to make the 11 day journey across enemy territory. Against the advice of her counselors and generals, Charles granted her request and she set off to um, the siege of of Orleans in 1429, dressed in white armor and a white horse. Years later, um, she was ordered to answer, as we see this throughout history, 70 charges against her, including witchcraft, heresy, and dressing like a man. In May of 1431, after a year in captivity and under the threat of death, she relented and signed a confession denying that she had ever received divine guidance. And then several days later, she defied orders again by wearing men's clothing. And then the authorities pronounced her death sentence. On the morning of May 30th, 1431, she was 19 years old. She was taken to the marketplace of ruin and she was burned at the stake. What is so amazing about her story is that her fame of course only increased after her death and then 20 years later a new trial was ordered by the king to completely clear her name she was canonized uh, in 1920 she had attained mythic stature with you know inspiring numerous works of art and literature over the centuries she's become a patron saint of france in 1909 she was beautified in the famous Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. And there's a statue there uh, that pays tribute to her legacy. Her story inspires me so much. Her bravery, her tenacity to her mission and her vision, no matter the cost, being true to herself, no matter what and her intuitive and spiritual gifts. So may her story inspire you to listen to your innermost nudges and callings inspiring you to take on that thing that is most pressing and scary to face that challenge directly to ask god for guidance and for ease in the process dr alexandra solomon says this although it may feel paradoxical at first glance what i know for sure is that we are stronger and braver when we are able to tolerate ambivalence. Holding on to competing truths bolsters our ability to be resilient in the face of stress. Something that I notice about myself when I'm being asked to be brave is that I procrastinate. <laughs> I distract myself or I hide. Do any of you procrastinate? <laughs> Why Do we procrastinate? We delay. My procrastination, I have to say, has kept me from my fear of failing, from the fear of being great and what that might mean if I step into that greatness. It keeps me and you, I will say, from your greatness and the possibility of something better. So staying small and comfortable means I don't have to stretch because what is the risk? of showing up for yourself, or showing up for others. The risk might be failure, heartbreak, rejection, or it might be something amazing, success, more than you could have possibly imagined or thought of. And that is the leap of trust. Being brave means, means um, trusting yourself and trusting life, finding evidence that you can trust. So what if showing up for yourself meant that you could have everything you ever wanted? What if showing up for yourself meant that you were completely and totally supported? How willing would you then be to prioritize your worth? The brave path requires trust so that when hard times hit and we feel challenged, faith and trust usually are the first things I think that abandon ship. But it is a trust in God in ourselves and in life so that just when you think that something's not going to come through, just when you think that you're at your wit's end, something shows up to remind you that all of your needs are met. This is the trust walk that we are called to be on. I know for many people who struggle with mental health challenges, it is brave to do the hard thing. Sometimes it's hard to get out of bed, to choose not to drink, to choose to keep going. That is one of my mantras uh, as of late, is Savannah, just keep going. Just keep going. When you are rebuilding your life from a loss or a setback and learning how to trust yourself, you've got to build it from the inside out. I'm currently working on building that trust muscle from a place of joy, and contentment rather than this place of, I need it. I need something. It's that uh, tricky kingdom one consciousness that we talk about that Ianla Van Zant calls. She says it's building from a place of desire rather than obligation and fear. So if you in this moment are going through a time where you're being asked to show up for yourself or for someone else, or you're being asked to be brave, I want you to just take a deep breath. We want to calm the nervous system so that you can actually hear what wants to be said to you. It's that uh, familiar Bible verse that reminds us to trust in the Lord with all your heart and mind and soul. Lean not into your own understanding. So it is deciding that you are more powerful than you know. It is deciding that you will walk into the storm, into your grace and that everything will be revealed to you. I think of Joan of Arc. So think of Joan of Arc as she is riding into battle on that white horse, knowing that we can do hard things. The issue is not to just feel the fear, but to ask, how do I react to fear? What do I do as a consequence of fear? How do I let this emotion, this energy invade me? We pray as a world for sanity, for equity, for sustainability, for an awakened humanity. That's what we are about. Because we know when we think about this war that's going on in Ukraine, we know that invasion for profit and power is a paradigm that has no place in a spiritually alive and interconnected world. We, as this community here, are part of that awakened consciousness. Can we put down our guns? Can we put down our burdens? Can we put down our struggles? Can we put it down for a moment and tap into that inner life, that inner knowing that something greater wants to happen through each and every one of us, and can we trust the path that's being revealed before us? That is the work. That is what I hope you take away from this talk today. I wanna close with this quote and a prayer. Ralph Waldo Trines, uh, who was influenced actually by Ernest Holmes, and he was also inspired by Mahatma Gandhi, wrote a book called In Tune with the Infinite. And he said this, we are born into a strange time, a time that tries men's souls. Bewilderment and fear hold many. Change and uncertainty stalk through the land, all lands. Those who keep their courage up and go serenely on are coming through in a way that those who weaken or lie down cannot know. But to do this, many lives need help, real concrete help. There is something in the universe that responds to intrepid thinking, The power that holds and that moves the stars in their courses sustains, illumines, and fights for the brave and the upright. Courage has power and magic in it. Faith and hope and courage are great producers. We cannot fail if we live always in the brave and cheerful attitude of mind and heart. He alone fails who gives up and lies down to open ourselves to the sustaining power to live continually under its guidance, this is our part. Those of us who do our part will keep free from fear and therefore from a weakening, corroding worry. The last thing I want to share with you that I hope that you will do with me is uh, something. one of the ways that I've been tending uh, to my heart is through singing. And by reminding all my friends of this Karen Drucker song that they all used to sing years ago at our conferences. And so we would sing it together and I want to sing it with you now so that we might create a consciousness and container of peace and calm everywhere. So I want you to just take this into your heart. And I know we're all muted, but just sing it to yourself as I do. Okay.
3: I send my love over the mountains, I send my love over the sea, I send my love into the heavens, and it comes back to me, sing peace, I send my peace. Over the mountain I send my peace Over the sea I send my peace Over to Ukraine And it comes back To me One more time I send my love Over the mountain, I send my love, over the sea, I send my love into the heavens, and it comes back to me.
2: And so, just letting that sink in for a moment. The power and the presence of the voice, of the vibration, of the song, of the music, of our hearts. It is palpable. It is the greatest love that ever was or ever will be. And that love and that intelligence and that power is within each and every one of us. It is the thing that's creating this container right here and now that allows us to not only stand firmly within our own knowing and our own selves to give that love back out into the world to all of those who need it the most. And so we just ground down into that awareness and that knowing that everything is working together for good even when we can't see it, especially when we can't see it. And that there is a peace that goes beyond our conscious mind that infuses the hearts and the minds of all people everywhere, including those who think that war is the option, the only option. And we hold all those people in our hearts that are being affected by it right here and now. And I trust and know that something miraculous is happening in the minds and the hearts of all of those that are in the midst of it, that there is a healing balm that is encompassing this entire planet. And then we bring that back into our own individual and personal lives and we connect to that heart space that each of us have of trusting and knowing that right where we are, is exactly where we are meant to be. So releasing any judgment, any fear of the future, any worry or doubts about what is to come. We put those burdens aside and we really trust ourselves the most, and we trust that there is something magnificent unfolding for each and every one of us, that we are divinely called to this moment in time for a greater purpose on the planet. And so that is revealed to each and every one of us in our own unique ways. And so we step out of the limited thinking and the separation and the fears that might overcome us of the self-doubt, and we stand firmly and convicted in the knowing that God has got this, that something greater than us is moving everything in the perfect and right way. And so I trust it. I allow it to be so for this community and for all of us as we move forward into the world. I bless us. I know all is well, releasing my word into the activation of love itself. And I let it be. Together we say, ashe, namaste.
3: And so it is. Amen.
0: Just um, speak to you about our offertory. It's, a, it's if you've been nourished today, <laughs> in any way, shape, or form, and by this gathering today, as well as our weekly and monthly programs and our circles, are your gifts of all sizes are welcomed. This is a wonderful, lovely demonstration of the law of of circulation to receive and to give know that your contribution makes a positive difference. So you can donate on our website and it's just being posted just now by Nancy. If you go in the chat, you can see where to donate. Um, And if giving online doesn't work for you, you can mail it a chat mail in a check or send us an e transfer. All the info is on our chat. Thank you so much. So please join me in this affirmation, declaring our prosperity. Divine love within blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. And so it is. So it is.